Talks, Greg McBride and Mike Lung. Mike, we've got uh, quite a bit of movement in the markets. The macros seem to be reacting positively to the start of the new quarter here, fourth quarter uh, underway. Um, but it's not all all it's stacked up to be, I guess, is the best way to put it. It, it sounds like there's a lot of uh, conversation about a potential pivot by the uh, by the Fed, but comments by the Fed governors doesn't really sound like there's a pivot anytime coming. Uh, what do you what do you got uh, for us this week? Yeah, so after nine months of just incredibly bearish price movement out of the equity markets and the Fed continuing to raise rates and talk about continuing to be hawkish, you have a lot of people looking at now that we've seen three quarters go by and continue to be more and more negative as they've passed. Looking at that as potentially seeing that Fed maybe not get dovish, but get less hawkish and but doesn't you have that bearish, seem- bullish, hawkish, dovish? What does it all mean? Is really probably the next question. But doesn't and- that seem like? I mean, if we're continuing to see negativity, I mean, sh- they shouldn't let up, should they? Well, it comes into play the balance of how things work, and we've talked about it before, where the Fed is going to have to destroy demand, which means destroy business, in order to really combat inflation on their own. And the reason they have to do so is because we have not built the pool of supply here stateside. We just have had the pool of supply stay stagnant, and we have subtracted the amount of hands that are reaching in to grab out of that pool. Okay, so you mentioned uh, you mentioned hawkish, you mentioned dovish. Um, even within our own office, there's been a, a little bit of confusion on what that means because we're used to hearing bearish and bullish. Would they give a quick uh, a quick rundown on hawkish versus uh, dovish? Yeah, so when it comes to hawkish versus dovish, dovish is what you like to is what you'd be talking about if you're expecting to see quantitative easing. You're seeing the Fed look to pump money into the market look to buy treasuries from the market in order to really just bring more money into the uh, market and decrease interest rates of lending between banks. So a little bit of a softer approach to things rather than being very aggressive? Yeah, looking to stimulate growth. So when they're printing money and they're buying back treasury, it opens up reserve ratios for banks. And what that means is a reserve ratio is what they're able to loan out in order to stimulate business growth, things along those lines, have people take on projects. But when you see the feds that's more hawkish, what you're expecting is rising interest rates, quantitative tightening, looking at selling treasuries and pulling money out of the market and doing things along the lines of not allowing as much business growth. You're not letting the banks lend out as much to stimulate loans and things along those lines for new projects to be developed or things along those lines. So really it comes down to play. If the Fed is hawkish, you're seeing interest rates increase. If they're dovish, you're seeing interest rates decrease. Okay. Well, we've been increasing rates now for what, six out of the last, uh, eight months or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think since since mid-March, we've seen uh, rate hikes uh, coming in. Um, the next FOMC meeting is uh, at the very beginning of November, but that doesn't mean we won't get out of November or out of October with a, uh, without a rate hike. Is that, uh, is that accurate? 
Yeah, anytime the Fed can come out and do an emergency rate hike if they see the need to. So it's something that it's not very usual to see. But if mm-hmm. things do get crazy enough where you see inflation start to really restart and start to just jump screaming higher, you can see your uh, emergency rate hike uh, come into play. Or if something internationally takes place, whatever it may be. But we can't see emergency rate hikes, uh, but more than likely sticking to status quo, which is what the Fed's been doing all year, doing exactly what the market thinks and not giving too much deviation because they are still trying that soft landing approach, which is extremely difficult. And the less shocks you can give to the market, the higher statistical probability that you can meet somewhat of a soft landing. Well, it seems like uh, here in the last few weeks, and maybe I maybe I just hadn't been paying attention, but it seems like one or more of the, um, I believe they're called Fed governors, but one or more of them have been on, uh, whether it's Twitter, whether it's speaking at some sort of engagement or or whatever, every single day, and they're giving they're all giving it their own their own spin or their own opinion of what uh, what the fed should be doing or what what we should be doing in general and it seems to be that it generally puts a negative spin to the rest of the markets but here the last few days it really hasn't i mean we've seen the dow up big to start the last uh, start this uh, last quarter i mean two two days here we've seen monster moves there we've had you know probably you could say that the 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 crude was is being helped out by the idea of OPEC uh, or OPEC plus um, cutting uh, production, but we've seen the dollar uh, get uh, get slammed here recently. What's this? Uh, is this something that we can expect every single day or or quite a, uh, quite often until they have their next meeting that they're going to continue to speak and and uh, continue to, I mean, for lack of a better term, influence markets like this. It's something that we typically do see the Fed speak pretty regularly, but with where we currently are with the whole economic picture, it's something that you see more importance being put on it. And where, say, in any given year, you can expect a pretty stable rate decision and not a whole lot of fluctuations when it comes to the Fed. When you do have as many many rate hikes as you're currently seeing, or if you need to see it cut to interest rates and you see that happen rapidly, it's something that you put more importance on so there is more focus on them speaking as opposed to most years where you see it very flat and really they're not making much changes so it's not as much of importance Mm-hmm. So we've uh, we've talked a little bit uh, this week about you know with the with the move higher um, to start things out there really hasn't been a fundamental shift um, is this I mean I mean for lack of a better term it's pretty pretty good move but is this a dead cat bounce that we've uh, that we've seen to start uh, this week and and do we need to be worried about uh, going on the defensive uh, you know maybe in the second half of this week or or even uh, next week you should definitely be worried about the price movement out of the equity side of things because you've had a lot of people talking about how they expect to see the fed more du- or less hawkish and the Fed keeps coming out and saying, no, that's we're going to remain on the schedule. We're going to continue to fight until we see a clear signal that inflation is going in our direction. And right now, you're really not seeing a whole lot of signals to say that it has. So you're seeing what 
right now is the market trying to fight the Fed, which is never a very good decision. So definitely be very cautious on that. You've seen a quick movement, but any kind of really you got to be careful going in the week is what you should be eyeballing because when you see movements as quickly as we currently see in it, you expect to see some kind of price shock and you got a lot of people looking over at uh, the EU and Britain and energy packages coming out and packages for stimulus coming out in order to help with a very dire situation over there and expecting to see something similar here when it's just not the case. So you do need to be very careful when looking at this market and saying, okay, everything's been fixed because uh, really nothing has really been fixed. And you got to be very cautious in this environment. We've got a lot of very poor signals continuing and on emotional decisions like this, definitely don't want to be <clears throat> fighting the Fed when they keep spouting how they are going to continue on pace and follow that uh, late 1970s into the 80s interest rate decision in order to combat inflation. Mm. Now, you uh, you mentioned uh, UK and, and the potential for, you know, others, say, uh, say the EU or um, China or Japan uh, having having their problems and all that stuff. We've seen, you know, uh, we've seen a lot of movement in this uh, in this U.S. dollar, and it seems like a you know obviously against other currencies. Are are what with what we're seeing in these other currencies, and maybe the dollar driving a little bit lower here recently. Um, is this a move uh, by some of these other countries to buy into their uh, into their currency uh, to prop it up a little bit uh, versus a, you know selling the dollar? Um, are they? Is this a long-term thing that could uh, could continue to press the dollar a little bit lower? Maybe, uh, maybe even ease up on some of the uh, some of the issues we've seen out there. Or is this just a kind of a last gasp effort for some of these other countries that are uh, basically in the same boat or worse than uh, than we are economically? Yeah, it's it's definitely a dangerous situation when it comes to that because they have been, like we saw Japan selling the U.S. dollar, buying the yen. China's been talking about selling the U.S. dollar, buying the yuan. And it is a ability to strengthen their currency and strengthening their buying power across the international market. And that's really where the problem comes into play for us because typically when you see this economic downturn, you like to see that deflation happen either before or alongside of it. When it happens afterwards, that's when the problem comes in place because right now we're seeing slower growth and we're seeing inflation really persist. So if you do see this dollar drop because you have a run on the dollar, that takes away any future power out of the Fed in order to print dollars to be buying treasuries and stimulating any kind of growth. And it also leads to a potential for hyperinflation coming in the mix because a lot of things are denominated in US dollars. So if you see this dollar just collapse, it's not a great sign for us. And we do have so many outlying issues where typically we'd have one versus the other, but this year we have pretty much everything in tandem. That, Would, but wouldn't that help us uh, when it comes to you know the lower dollar? Wouldn't that help us uh, potentially for maybe some exports? Or it export could, demand? but when we're already seeing the downturn, you're seeing that supply and our outward supply shrink. So okay. it's a dual-edged sword. And especially if you see the um, 
raw materials get more expensive, that shrinks the profit margin even more so. So while we may be able to sell more, we're also having a very slight, if any, profit margin in order to work with. Very good. Any other uh, topics al- along this line that uh, you wanted to uh, talk about, uh, whether it's the Fed, credit, uh, any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about credit default swaps and what those could possibly mean. And there's also rhetoric this morning, or not rhetoric, but articles this morning about uh, big banks investment into more rural communities, the minority banks, things along those lines. And it definitely is an issue to be watched because what they very well could be doing is opening up those reserve ratios we were talking about. So that way, if people do start coming in and saying, I want my money out of the bank, I want to have something holding it, and I don't trust the banking system, that they have enough cash on hand to withstand what would be referred to as a run on the bank. Because if you have a run on these smaller banks, then that starts to really worry the general population into then a run on medium banks and then a run on big banks. And if you don't have that access there, again, you have to have the Fed come in and print money in order to give these banks enough money to give to the people that say, I have a demand deposit or a checking account with you guys and I want my money. So it's definitely something to be very wary of is what kind of a trickle up effect this could have if you start to see some of these smaller dominoes fall towards the bigger ones. So a few things to be watching there. Yeah, obviously, I was was really hoping that you would give us the uh, the high sign that uh, it was time to buy everything uh, uh, going forward. But uh, it seems like uh, caution is the uh, better part of valor here. Well, there's definitely oppor- there's always going to be opportunities, and it's a matter of realizing the full picture so we can find those opportunities a little bit better. Um, but it's definitely something to be very cautious about. Some of these more macro pictures and what that could mean for the at least intermediate term. So a few things to be watching and paying attention to. But if you guys ever have questions on anything we talk about, please give us a call at 800-2-MARKET. That's 800-262-7538 or on the web, allendale-inc.com. But today for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a great one. 